0: This is the Gary V. Audio Experience.
1: And we are back for another casual conversation with the classic. And here today with me is none other than entrepreneur, e commerce legend, five time New York Times best selling author, CEO, keynote speaker, uh, mastermind with social media. And I'm saying that from someone who's read your books and used your techniques myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for a lot of you that might not know and what this is all about, is a lifelong fan of professional wrestling. Um, It's true. How are you doing today? Gary Vanajak, a.k.a. Gary V. (laughs)
0: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the show, brother.
1: Thank you for coming on. I really want to do this. I always was fascinated with the fact that you were a wrestling fan. I know there's a lot of people out there that do know. They might have seen your interviews with The Undertaker or Stephanie McMahon, or they watch your podcast and they see the figures in the background and stuff. Um, so I always was like, man, I would love to talk to him about professional wrestling. And I would love for my audience to know that you are a big professional wrestling fan. You're also part of this extended family that we have of professional wrestling fans. So I want to start off with asking, like, what were your earliest and first memories of professional wrestling? Like, what made you a fan? <sighs>
0: God, this is so fun to think about because I really haven't thought about it. Um, You know, call it eighty-four. I'm trying to think about. I don't think I knew about wrestling. You know, don't forget I was born in the Soviet Union. Yeah. So I come to the states. I'm three years old in seventy-eight. By eighty-two is kind of like when I really start saying I became Americanized because those first fucking four years we were poor. Like yeah. uh, we barely had a TV. Like there was, you know, so now I'm seven, eighty-two, somewhere around eight or nine, 83, 84, I think Hogan was already champ. So I don't think I knew he beat the Iron Sheik in the garden, but I definitely knew about wrestling prior to WrestleMania one. So much like most people in their forties, if they didn't have parents or older siblings that were into wrestling, they got hooked up in that, incredible era of where cindy lopper's involved wrestlemania one it all popped off in 84 85 yeah, the rock and wrestling thing. era that's right i so you know there's people my age that had the luxury it was funny there was an older guy in my neighborhood who used to tell me a lot of stories this is all coming back to me now yeah. so i got into it right then and immediately there was a guy at the playground i i'm guessing the guy was 30 lived in the in the townhouse era. And he would tell me about the key, you know, Koloff, Ivan Koloff beating Bruno San Martino with the knee off the top rope in the garden. He educated me on like Pedro, don't forget, no internet. Yeah, It's a different era. Pedro Morales, early Don, you know, cause I knew who Don the Rock Morocco was, but young Don the Rock, you know? And so not only did I get into what was 84, 85, 86 wrestling, right? WrestleMania one, the action figures that I have on my shelf, buying those, watching every Saturday morning, watching TNT when McMahon would interview people. Yeah,
1: love that show. But myself. I also,
0: but I also would listen to stories on the bench parks of the 70s. A lot okay. of 70s stuff. So I and and then I started buying wrestling magazines at Crousers, which is like a 7-Eleven. So now I'm like learning like the missing link and like, you know, like the Blade Runners. And like all these other, like what's UWF and who are the Von Eriks? And then in 86, 87, 88, that stuff started showing up on ESPN, the Dingo Warrior, Yeah, you know? So I was not only WWE, but I was like NWA. I was, you know, AWA. I was really a wrestling head and would like get super pumped when like Bad News Brown would come to the WWF. Yeah. I'm like, wait that's Bad News Allen. Like, you know, like I was really into it. And it was a core part of my entertainment. I mean, my first sleepover party in a, as a, you know, cause if you're from an immigrant family you don't have sleepovers that often. So yeah. my first sleepover party was SummerSlam, the first SummerSlam. <laughs> it was a huge part of my childhood. We wrestled outside. I made wrestling figures by drawing and cutting. The, my V friends today, NFTs, yeah. a lot of my drawing came from drawing wrestling figures cutting them out on paper and then putting them on cardboard and gluing them so I could actually wrestle with them. Yeah. Like It was a very, from 85 to 90, it was 84 to 90, that five, six year period, outside of Jets football, Yankees baseball and video games and just being a kid and doing, and then my entrepreneurial stuff, shoveling snow, selling lemonade. It was a top five thing in my life
1: hundred percent. Yeah. A lot of that's really relatable. I can relate to a lot of that in a sense. And it's crazy how it's still with you till today. Like I saw that video on YouTube recently. Um, I know it's been out for a while, but that one where you're unboxing all your LGN figures and you're asking your assistants and stuff like, do you know, who the son, and they didn't really know what are. And you were like a little bit devastated. And so like, how yeah. do you not know this person? How do you not know that person? Um, How does it feel for you when you got those figures? Was it sort of more of like, like when it it comes to collectibles, like how do you- I mean,
0: you know, so much of what I do now, if you're listening right now, go to YouTube and type in Trash Talk Gary V. There's a show I put out, you know, I talk a lot about like ways to advance your career. And I started noticing a lot of people talking about, well, Gary, I don't have any money. Like, cool that you invested $25,000 into Tumblr and it turned into a million. I don't have 25,000. And I was like, fair point. I was in a different point in my life. When I was in my teenage and twenties, I would garage sale a lot. I made a lot of money on LJNs and Hasbro action figures. Yeah. You know, I would buy fifty Hasbro's at a garage sale for 10 bucks and then go list Dusty Rhodes or Andre for fucking fifty to a hundred bucks by himself, right? So and I I'm literally,
1: kidding. I literally just wrote an article for one thirty-seven PM about the fifteen rarest in US figures for you guys. I love it. I gotta read it. So if you uh, check, I just wrote that for again, you. you check that out, yeah, yeah. So when I'm you brought that up, you brought up gonna, two. You brought up two of them that were on that list, and that was the Andre and the, the Dusty Worlds Hasbro yeah. Andre Lgn. Yeah.
0: And I bring it off off the top of my head because, like, I'm actually trying to see if I can find the article where I'm talking to. Yeah. You. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 what I you know there it is. Love it. I'm gonna yeah. share it right out my Twitter. Give you a little love. Thank you. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Um, you know. I, it was just such a. I say that off the top of my head because I really know, right? Like I yeah. know what black card LJNs are. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I know my shit. Like I'm really in this. Like I, I watched most of the Saturday nights main events. I watched the, you know, the first ten WrestleManias. Like this is a culture I really know, um and love. And so you know. For me, the LJN thing was really fun. As a matter of fact, this is not a joke. Literally, watch this. If you're listening on podcasts, you won't be able to see this, but I'm gonna show you something that's gonna blow your mind of how big of a part of my life this is. So this is my eBay. I'm just showing you. And then obviously this is my eBay account. The last thing I looked up, I guess was PSA, but watch this. I hope it's there. Know how they do it. Yeah, if you're on what YouTube, is- guys,
1: you can check this out right now. And yeah, go check out that article, guys. I wrote a handful of articles for 137 pm and that was the most recent one I just did. And it was about the most rare expensive figures as of today. Yeah, look at this. Look at always this. Changing. Look at the always last changing.
0: look at the last thing I searched on my eBay account. Oh, uh,
1: there you go, LGN WWF. There you go. LJN WWF. The last thing you just search.
0: So it's like just in me. Like it's a very big part of my culture. 80s and 90s wrestling Was humongous for me. And I actually have an 11 year younger brother, AJ. So, what's funny about that is his age lands. So, his golden era, so I got him into wrestling. Yeah. But his golden era was in between Hogan and the Attitude Era. Okay. So, AJ like fucks with like Tatanka and like (laughs) Duke the Dumpster Drozzy and fucking like that Yokozuna Bret Hart era before we went into Stone Cold and The Rock, right? Yeah. So, I was, you know, ludwig borga and fucking luger and like that kind of that era and so like it's just always because once i got out of it very quickly behind me my brother is now like i'm like this is steamboat and this is you know this is tugboat excuse me and this is earthquake and like that video game came out and so like it's kind of just been a constant heartbeat for me
1: and i I can relate to that too my older brother's 10 years older than me and i don't think i'd have been Mm. a rapping fan was born in 1981 so he lived through hulkamania that was his thing i was born in 91 so i lived through that same brad hart yoko attitude era period so i can totally relate to that as well i uh being a fan of yours obviously i've watched your videos i follow you on instagram for years and stuff um read your books crushing it's the one that i was referring to earlier because doing what I did with the wrestling classic was a lot of reading that book on a plane, going to WrestleMania 32 and being like, Oh, just slide in the DMS. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, I got this. And I started implementing that in my own stuff that I started doing once I realized that this whole wrestling classic thing could be something. I didn't know it at first. I was just doing it for fun. And then I went to Dallas and people were wearing my shirts that I printed for fun for Uber money. And I was like, Oh, people actually are about this. And your book helped me a lot with that. But that being said, I love your reels. I love your TikToks. I love your quick uh, motivational videos and stuff. And I always wondered, does any of your, like, speaking ability come from your love from wrestling and cutting promos back in the day?
0: So what's <laughs> Do you really ever, like,
1: like, get in touch with your wrestling side and, like, I'm going to cut a promo? Is that, like, part of it?
0: Not only is it a part of it. Yeah. I actually think it's the- mo- I think basically Gary Vee, the communicator, is a mix between Randy the Macho Man Savage promo and- Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy and I mean the amount of Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock I listen to yeah in combination to wrestling promo yeah I mean like sometimes it's actually too ridiculous like I cut a video 6 or 7 years ago for a conference I was keynoting and they're like hey, like my team came in and they're like Gary you know would you uh You know, they're just the ticket sales aren't going that strong. Would you do a quick video to tell everybody about this social media conference? And literally, this is what came out of my mouth. I'm like, hey guys, it's Gary V, Civic Center, March 19th. 19th." Like, I was like, and then I stopped. I'm like, oh my God, this is literally a fucking. I've heard something
1: that I'm like, I'm like, this sounds like a wrestling promo to me.
0: It's funny. A couple of wrestlers hit me up on DM who are fans (laughs) and are like, dude, you cut promos. And I'm like, I'm like, I do. I know. It took me, I didn't know it for five or six years of the Gary (laughs) V shit. But then when somebody pointed it out and I really started getting into my feelings on it, I'm like, yeah, I think think quite a bit. I think a lot of my content now is clips from my day-to-day life, so it's a little bit less. But my rants, which were a big part of my 2014 to 16 content and I just did one the other day, I feel that they're like flat out wrestlemania promo videos yeah
1: because that's what i felt like too i'd watch him like i know he, he's meaning what he says but i know this is influence from wrestling i can tell 100%. Yeah. It was,
0: it's subconscious right yeah like he like has it?
1: that promo skill um 100%. do you have a favorite promo like i know macho man's one of your favorites of all yeah, time I mean, so he's gonna think... be a cup of coffee in the big time or something but yeah
0: i mean i think my favorite is when he's outside by the pool
1: oh mean gene and elizabeth With...
0: That's right, and he goes, that me and Gene, there's a plane going by and I'm not on it. Like, and I'm like, I don't know what, it, the cup realizes to the top is all time, yeah. but for some reason, there's a plane going by and I'm not on it. I don't know what it was that, but I'll tell you what my favorite was. Okay. My favorite was the macro concept of getting us into a frenzy before somebody was actually in the in the Federation. Yeah. By the time Mr. Perfect and Razor Ramon were actually in the ring, I was completely out of control into both of them.
1: Yeah, those vignettes were yeah, perfect.
0: And I think that was the brilliance of Vince McMahon and the WWF slash E. Like to me, they they just did such a great job in storytelling that the, you were just, salivating to watch one of these guys beat the shit out of Iron Mike Sharp or K9 or Barry <laughs> Horowitz. You know, back then wrestlers beat up nobodies on Saturday morning. It wasn't all these big matches.
1: Yeah, to build the star.
0: Correct. Yeah. So they, ha- they did the boxing thing, right? They took a bunch yeah. of easy fights. And I mean, I mean, that's Corporal Kirshner. Like even guys that most people don't know as well, like the hype. Was just so fun. But what really stood out was Razor and Perfect because they really had those guys in a frenzy before they even came in Saturday morning and beat somebody up.
1: They were so creative and so good. Like the one where Razor pushes the guy into the fountain, he's like, don't have luck like him. <laughs>
0: And perfect, just doing the bowling and the golf. Yeah. And,
1: like, and as, it's crazy because obviously as you get older, you realize it'd be like that whole football thing, throwing it across the field and him running and catching You know it's in certain things. But as a kid, you're like, whoa, he actually did that. That's crazy. Oh, as a
0: kid, you're like, <laughs> King Kong Bundy broke Hogan's ribs and you're like so upset. And like,
1: yeah.
0: as a kid, it's just fucking all I think
1: that's the biggest thing about professional wrestling though, right? It captures you as a kid because you have that imagination. And you only grow to love it as you get older. Cause you do you ever get that question, how do you still like this? Like this is UFC, how do you still like this? I'm always like, because now I understand it as a form of like art. Like it's like Well, I I, up- I,
0: I like it in the way that I like watching Queen's Gambit. Yeah. The way that I watch, you know, a show. To me, it's storyline. I mean, I think wrestling is male soap operas.
1: It really is. You and know, like more character storyline that really fascinates me now.
0: As a creative entrepreneur and a marketer and a storyteller, there might not be anything I'm more interested in wrestling. As a matter of fact, literally yesterday I said to somebody, I can't wait to see who triggers the next monster wrestling era. Literally yesterday I said, Hogan, Stone Cold and Rock, somebody, it feels like wrestling's been doing its thing, but it's very much now like, like, you know, Brock, Undertaker, The Rock doing WrestleMania. We don't have must-see, te- like, I don't feel like I need to watch Raw.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And but, it's I, f- but I
0: feel like what I love about wrestling is, at any moment, there's some kid right now who's coming up the ranks, who's gonna be the human being that completely captures the national attention. And for another 24 to 39 months, Everybody's gonna know X, Y, Z the name, and it's gonna make everybody watch Raw every Monday night.
1: And that's and I think I think and to your point, like they just kind of brought back John Cena for that reason because they haven't really built any stars right now that has, has catapulted the wrestling back in that thing. But I,
0: I yeah, it's funny. Me and my friends, when I'm like going or like kind of paying a little more attention, I take I like t- guessing. I I yeah. like saying, I see they're trying to push this guy. I don't think he's got it. Right. And, and I like to test my ability of like having a sense of like charisma and the consumer. And yeah, I don't feel like they've pushed the right people recently.
1: Have you given AEW a chance at all?
0: A little, very little bit. Like my wrestling right now in the last three years, I'm just so underwater and definitely with when COVID hit in the last, you know, 15, 16 months, I just had so many responsibilities to make sure I was on the offense business wise that, but, but it keeps going down to the same thing, which is like, I, you know, I follow it on social. Yeah. But I haven't been able to like really, really allocate, like the way I like to do it when I'm like, oh, let's do this. Like I need four weeks of like following the storylines to really get captivated by the charisma of the characters. And I just yeah. haven't been able to give anybody that right now.
1: I uh not to be another cheap plug, but if you ever need a catalog, I did also write an article on the 20 top aew matches
0: that that's such a good point like what I'm not as good of a reader. what I'll probably mm-hmm. do is go watch the YouTube versions of that yeah because that's what I need to get like interested.:
1: No for sure, and I just think it's a good catalog What's the best what's the, one, what, did huh? you,
0: what did you decide was the best one?
1: Uh, For me, I think it was between uh, Cody and Dustin, but that's also because, once again, I'm also a character storyline guy. And there's a really good story there between the two brothers and whatnot. And um, it was, if you watch that match, you feel like you're being told a story rather than just watching a match with a bunch of acrobatics and what's happening. So definitely check that out. Yeah, I'm, Um,
0: I'm, I'm way more, like way more story than I am... Performance
1: 100%. Um, then, I, don't, I, don't I love performance. Again. No, no, no yeah. I mean,
0: fucking Rey Mysterio Jr. and Eddie yeah. G- Like, some of this stuff is just outstanding. But
1: the performance stands out more if you're intrigued by the characters in the story.
0: Yeah, and I, if I'm intrigued by the story, can overlook poor wrestling. 100%. Right. Like, you know, Hogan, Hogan Warrior, WrestleMania is not iconic wrestling, but the story's fucking. And
1: that build up was the ultimate. Was insane. Talent
0: was insane yeah.
1: just to see those two eye to eye was like a moment and that was but amazing. but
0: on the flip side performance like when you watch piper Bret hart wrestlemania mm-hmm. where piper really puts brett over like yeah. that's a very underrated moment in wrestling history because it's like a in that pocket of like in between so summer's not
1: 90 i think one which was like a transitional time in a sense
0: i just think that when you see stuff like that because piper was such a good wrestler too and brett you know there's
1: still a story there because brett was the up-and-comer and and piper was the champion the Intercontinental champion it was his time to get that singles and so like the story always does kind of make things and elevate things more and if the story is really good you'll be invested in the match And if they're just really good wrestlers and that match is even more memorable because that's right you know what i mean um i'm gonna ask you this a little bit more of a fun question since you're an old school fan and you grew up watching wrestling say you were a manager Say you were bobby heenan Okay, you're gonna start your Gary V family, V friends, you can call it. Yeah, NFT stuff. (laughs) Who would be on that Survivor Series team of five? Who would be your five guys?
0: Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, who's disproportionately my favorite wrestler of all time. Same
1: here. That's something I agree with fully. (laughs) Um,
0: Okay, let's really. I really want to give you a real answer, so I'm gonna really think this through. Um, Y two J.
1: Yeah.
0: I love Chris Jericho. I've always loved Jericho. Um, I would say, I'm, I i usually, like to give fast answers, but I really want to think this through because I don't the want to give you bullshit. <laughs> uh, I would probably put the British Bulldogs on there.
1: Dave Dynamite.
0: Yes, because, <laughs> because I'm thinking about like, who did I really love? Like genuinely love? And I would say the British Bulldogs were the closest thing in my prime to Macho Man.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and then I'm probably going to go Well, if I can blend leagues since the WWE yeah. now owns them all. Yeah, yeah. My favorite This is your dream
1: team. This is your yeah, stable. I
0: would go with Nikita Koloff, the oh, Russian wow. sickle. Yeah. The Russian sickle is still one of my favorite finishing moves. He was just so fucking badass. And I still always had an underlining feeling towards Russia since I was from there. And so I would say Macho Man, the British Bulldogs, Jericho, and Nikita Cola.
1: That's a stacked team with different styles of wrestling right there. You got a powerhouse. You got some flamboyants. You got the tag team. That's good stuff right there. It's a solid team. No, for sure. Let's talk about the Macho Man really quickly. Um Because he's my favorite of all time too. Once again, that also goes back to I think I like my imagination being captured as a little kid. This guy was on like WWF mania and whatnot, just all colorful in his cowboy hats and whatnot. Um, what made you a Macho Man fan? What made you like, cause during the time of Hulkamania almost everybody was a Hulkamaniac. I was always Hogan, Hogan. My brother was Hogan, Hogan, Hogan.
0: I, I realized in my older, uh, something happened later in my life when, like I didn't like Tiger Woods or Kobe Bryant. And yeah. then when they were older, I loved them. Yeah. And, I, and when that happened in my thirties, I was like, oh, and this is just a very recent realization. I feel like I'm an underdog. I love underdogs. To your point, everybody loved Hogan. I didn't want to be like that. And so I decided um, uh, You know, I really want uh, to be different. The other thing that happened was, if you remember the storyline, everybody was vying for Macho Man, that whole manager thing.
1: With Miss Elizabeth. I still think Hogan was the heel there, that he had lost in his eyes for Elizabeth. I'm just, I'm going to say it.
0: <laughs> so, when, so when, when, when he goes, and I thought it was going to be slick. I remember I was like, yeah. slick, I was like, slick's going to get him. Oh, when he, when he was buying for
1: a new manager. Yeah.
0: And when he said, my manager is a lizard, and she comes down, you know, you got to remember I'm like 10, 11. Yeah. And like, I'm not sure, but I think that might've been the moment I became a man. Yeah. <laughs> so between, so between, between underdog, and then he was such a great wrestler. Right? A, like if yeah. like if you watch if you watch that Tito Santana match that he wins. I mean, and then obviously fucking the Ricky and the Steamboat match. I'm so pumped that that is like the greatest match of all time. It means so much to me. That storyline, That was tough for me a little bit because Are you a
1: Steamboat fan?
0: I wasn't, but I okay. liked them. Yeah. But it was so nasty like the throat it was like it just yeah, seemed the ring so intense the, the barricade. but um <laughs> but i stuck with him through and through um i loved georgie animal steel because the jets were my favorite team and he had a green yeah. tongue and that was big for me um so yeah i think it was a combination of miss elizabeth at the age that i was being counter different and just the charisma and like who he was
1: you're was just a complete package um i know we're gonna wrap this up soon so i want to ask you this really quickly as well this is a big question. Um, can take your time to think about it. I feel like we've touched on it a bit here and there, but at the end of the day, like, why is wrestling important to you?
0: It's because outside of Walt Disney, I think Vince McMahon has been one of the most significant storytellers of characters in our society. Yeah, and I think V Friends being one of the most important things in my life over the next fifty years is going to make sense to why I always was associating to Transformers, wrestling, GI Joe, Disney. I'm a storytelling, character-based human being. And I think wrestling's unique because unlike wrestling, everything else is fictional. This is like real humans that play these characters, yeah. but it's storytelling. And I think it's been the most significant storytelling machine in our society. And uh and that I admire.
1: I love that. I like to call it the greatest form of art and athleticism because it's the one that put both of them together, and and, and, and it's amazing stuff. I
0: think think Dana White has a lot of Don King meets Vince McMahon. Like I think he's why UFC is so incredible is it's like slightly the reverse thing, right? Which is it's real life, but they do such a great job getting you excited about the fighters. And that matters. That's what great promoting yeah, no is. No matter
1: how much people want to say UFC is real and it's not, they took a lot from professional wrestling to get you hyped. Yeah. For
0: and, 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 yeah. and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Like, like WWF, WWE, excuse me now is very much affected by, and, and obviously has done a lot with the angles and, and Reznor's and, and, and Shamrocks and, you know, like, and Bobby and like, so like, it's, it, they're good for each other in my opinion. Yeah.
1: They do. They work well in hand. Look, if Brock didn't go to UFC and come back being the Brock Lesnar he was, 100%. You wouldn't have that Brock Lesnar kick. Right? 100%. You, know, you couldn't bring Ronda, no Ronda way. Rousey in the way you brought Ronda Rousey. No and way. Win no award, way. You know? no and way. you were there at WrestleMania 35. I saw I you was, front row. I was. I was there as well. I was too nervous to say hi then, but I saw <laughs> you. Well, next but time. Next time. Um. Thank that, you, Because I am a fan of yours and I've I've, I've listened to your speeches and I've read your books and I follow you on social media. You always say take advantage of the opportunity again. I've had the opportunity to sit here with you. So I'm just going to throw it out there. If there's anything you ever want to do in the future that is wrestling related, I'm your guy it's the noted
0: send me an email literally send me an email right now i want to save that really?
1: and put it in the folder for sure because i've the last seven years i've been running this page i've made a ton of relationships with wrestlers within the industry and people that work back to as well as a valued voice with the fans i've been crapping on John Cena all week but they still love me that's how we're, <laughs> we're, that's how close we are you know what i mean so there's anything new, i'm more than send uh, me that email right I'm
0: now i'm open to it. for sure love and you, uh,
1: i got Help my articles you. at 1 p.m too so so Cheers! Can you, can you check that out. Thank you for your time, your I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you brother. Keep doing the thing,
0: Thank you sure. Have bye. a good one, bye. As we end today's podcast, I wanna give a huge shout out to the people, you know it's so funny, people that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms, just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much and even more fun, Uh, because I think we all love a little cosign or a shout-out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm going to have the team give a couple of shout-outs daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thanks so much, Gary. Today's amazing five-star review reads, Whenever I need a perspective shift, I come listen to Gary's podcast. I challenge anyone to listen and not feel energized. Thank you so much for that kind review, and to anybody else listening out there, if you leave us a review, you might just get shouted out in the next episode.